And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, sitting across me. We've got Brett <laughs> on the decks, as usual. We've got Shell doing a fantastic job. We've had a, unfortunately, we've had, we had a bit of a drop out there during mm. the show. It was the spy pigeons. It's okay. We've, we've investigated our uh, Ethernet cables. We've made sure that you know, we've taken out all the, you know, the torn <laughs> up, bitten up ones. And now you can hear us. The internet is working again. Uh, that's yep. probably not what happened, but you know, blame the spy. <laughs> Hashtag blame the spy pigeons. Yes. We're, we're starting it here. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Let's get into our next quiz question. All right. This is a true or false question. So you just have to text through true or false mm. in response to this. It is shortly after the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his army, chariots, and horsemen to seize them and bring them back. Mm. So, yeah, that is a pretty interesting one. Just to go over it one more time. Shortly after the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his army, chariots, and horsemen to seize them and bring them back. And I think, Lawson, I think we can give the good people a hint just to make up for the spy pigeon incident. Yes. Um, you will find that we're going to give you the hint. We're going to tell you where you might find this information. You're going to have to look uh, at the book of Exodus, chapter mm. 14. Mm. Exodus so, 14, that's where all the, the info is. About, yeah. You know, it's good going And the spy there. pigeons cannot take it from us this time. So, yeah. true or false, shortly after the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his army, chariots, and horsemen to seize them and bring them back. Text your answers through to... in order to go into running at the end of this week on Friday Mm. for our big prize, 40 days, prayers and devotions for God's end time church. Absolutely. Guys, it's a T T or an F. It's it's, it's that simple. It's true or false, T or F for that one. You're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Got a text in from Michael, and this was regarding... I asked a question at the end of uh, the new segment that I did regarding Vietnam. Like, is it worth running these kinds of things at the at the threat of just immediate persecution, like mm. jail and whatnot? And he says, yes, of course. We cannot let Satan get a foothold. Mm. Unfortunately, Christians do go to jail due to persecution. They will try to get the gospel out whilst locked up. It happens all the time in those small landlocked countries in Europe. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking like very um, Eastern Bloc, uh, yeah. USSR period, even up until today, uh, whether it be Europe, whether it be the Middle East, whether it be Asia, the mm. power of the gospel is working. It, it's pervasive over yeah. there and it's spreading despite the persecution. And And I, I think that it's it's fantastic that people, despite their persecution, are still mm. living for Christ. They are still, you know, we, uh, they're willing to to share him. Yeah, and it's important because like the Great Commission is so mm. central to our faith, right? Mm. Go and go and tell the world the good news, and um, you know, so many places try to repress that. Mm. Like even even Israel recently had a bill on the um a bill on the table talking yeah. about apostasy laws, That's which right. is very rare for a more sort of modern democracy. And the conversion laws as well, yeah. like so, in Israel, they're like well, you can. That's it. If yeah. you convert to Christianity, like that's a crime. Yeah, it's, or specifically for a. Uh, a Christian to try to convert someone away from Judaism mm. is a crime. That's what I mean with the apostasy laws. Mm. It's a crime to try to convince someone to be an apostate in, the, yeah, in their faith. Wow. And it's crazy how this happens, it's especially in Israel, a country that it is quite okay to be an atheist. Yeah, No problems with being an atheist person, mm. but if you convert to Christianity as a Jewish person, that is a huge taboo. Yeah, And like that's just one example around the world as we looked at heaps today. Um, yeah. And yeah, of course, It's getting hard to spread that good news. My mind goes back to the early chapters of the book of Acts where mm. uh, John and Peter, they're beaten and they're questioned mm. and they're, they're told by the authorities of the time, they're like, hey, 
you know, stop sharing the gospel. Yeah. Like, like they already, they get arrested once and then they go back and do it again and they get arrested again and they're beaten and it's like, stop sharing the gospel. Mm. And their answer to, you know, the, the magistrates and the, the, uh, the religious leaders who were there at the time, they say, mm. we ought to obey God rather than man. Uh, you heeding the gospel commission or us heeding the gospel mission is a representation of our commitment to, to living up to what God has told us to do, Yeah, which is something that we should want to live up to because it's God. Like mm. it's, it's our savior. It's our King. It's literally the person who created us. Yeah. And he is saying, Hey, despite the consequences, if you share this, like it is, it is worth it. Yeah. It's worth it because we we know that the opportunities that might be taken away from us, whether monetary or you know to do with career or even you know like freedom, mm-hmm. anything that's taken away from us here on this earth in this life will be given to us one hundredfold yeah. in heaven. That's what we look forward to. Yeah, but God always comes first. Hey, like I'm thinking of um of of the story in the Bible where the Pharisees try to trap Jesus with the mm. coin. They're trying to say, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Mm. And see, uh, and Jesus says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and give unto God what is God's. And you know, mm. like obviously we should follow the laws of our nation where possible and where appropriate. You know, but if God calls us to do something different, then it is always God first, mm. and that does include you know spreading the gospel, sharing that good news. And as that becomes harder and harder, it's something we've all got to remember. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, guys, if you have any thoughts on this, 0491-064-669. Maybe you can reflect personally. What does that look like in your own application? What does it look like to stand for Jesus in your mm. own circumstance? And you know, Or maybe in the Australian context. What yeah. does it look like to stand for Jesus in the Australian context, yeah. to live up to his commission here, where we face definitely, we don't face... Certainly the challenges that mm. we see in other countries, but there are our own set of challenges. What does it look like to stand for Jesus in this context? 0491-064-669. Now, speaking of standing, the title, the overarching title for our uh, study for this week is I Will Arise. Mm. Of course, we've been studying through the Psalms, seeing how the Psalms speak to various different topics and struggles. Last week, we looked at singing the Lord's Song in a strange Mm. land, which is, I think, one of my favorite weeks so far because of how just real... Uh, how real the study was, you know, mm. very historical as well. Thinking of like the Jews who end up in Babylon and then are yeah. told by their captives, sing the songs of Zion, yeah. sing the songs of victory to us while they're in captivity. And yeah, like mocking them and making that's fun right. of them. That's yeah. right. And the question is asked by the psalmist, like, how could I sing the Lord's song, mm. songs of victory, mm. in a strange land? And the resolve was ultimately like, may I never forget the Lord's song. May mm. I never, you know, if I forget these songs, may my f- hands forget its skill or may my mouth forget its speech or may my mm. tongue stick to the to the roof of my mouth, you know, and it's it's ultimately, it's, it's really perspective. It's looking at a, a situation of, of perspective and never giving up because mm. there is, you could say something good coming. There's something God, God is working to bring about peace, to bring about justice, uh, and whether it's in this life or in the lives of people to come. And for those Israelites, it's like fantastic. For those Judeans, it's so important that they didn't forget the Lord's song because eventually they would be going back to Jerusalem. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that it's important to remember, even in our own lives, isn't it? That, mm. you know, we are going to be like God has a plan. 
And even mm. if it doesn't seem like we can sing the song Lord's Song of Victory because we're feeling pretty low, you know, mm. he will deliver us. And I think it's pretty cool in that sense that the next week's lesson is I will arise. I will arise. Because we're thinking of like rising up from the, mm. those pits of despair, those struggles mm. and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is, I think, the the next step, essentially, in that journey. We Mm. go from being totally and utterly helpless, being in a strange land, which I think another thing that was brought out of the study is that our... The world that we live in now is a strange land. Yeah, you know, and the 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 context that we live in with persecution and death, and well, we could say persecution towards Christianity, but just more fundamentally, pain and death and suffering is yeah. strange. Yes, it's one hundred percent. It's a context that we should not be in. That unfortunately is self inflicted, and we put ourselves in. Uh, but again, we saw, you know, despite that, we should be drawing close to God, singing his song, thinking of his victory. And now we're looking at, well, victory. We're looking at how it is that those particular things happen, how we rise above, go above, um, how God works in these circumstances and situations Mm. to bring about his victory. Hey, let's begin in Psalm chapter 12. Psalm, or I say chapter 12, I I should just say Psalm 12. These are all individual psalms that weren't written or compiled here in in the psalms in chronological order. It's just a bunch of psalms. This is Psalm 12, and we're going to start in verse 1. Let's mm. let's actually read. Brett, can you get before us verse 1? We might read from, say, verse 1 to verse 5. Yeah. My version has a title to it, Man's Treachery and God's Constancy. That's pretty powerful. Hey? Wow. Yeah. But let's read it. Um, it says, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly. Everyone with his neighbor, with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he earns. Yeah, fantastic stuff there. I will arise. It's it's powerful. Despite all of this difficulty and this treachery, I will arise. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491 064 Man, this sounds like a, a quite a difficult circumstance that the psalmist is in. Well, this is talking of David writing, mm. of, of course. Um, for the faithful disappear for among the sons of men. Mm. You know, I, my mind thinking, you know, thinking of David, we don't know exactly in which time in his life he wrote this, but my, my mind goes to the story of David's advisor, Joab. Mm. Uh, and the kind of man that he was. You have this guy, he's David's close advisor, mm. who is like, David relies on heavily in terms of military action and whatnot. Yeah. And Joab, like, over his life, he was always, you could say, faithful to David. But simultaneously, he just turned out to be like an insano murderer yeah. who was just taking matters very much into his own hands. Yeah, he was like loyal to David, but he was loyal in a way that Joab knows best. That's how right. to serve David. That's right. Yeah. It caused David lots of issues down the line because, yeah. it, it, again, it started positive, and especially, you know, I think of, you know, the, when David and his son Absalom have conflict mm. and David's forced out of Jerusalem, you know, it's it's the likes of Joab who goes along. Yeah. It's like Joab is this, you know, the, he is faithful to David, but mm. again, a, unfortunately, at 
the at the expense of righteousness and mm. at the expense of well eventually like his own soul like Joab is is mm. is is killed and in a very uh, Difficult and terrible and brutal way. Yeah, jo- turns against David's will at the end that's of his life. That's right. Thinks that he's got a better idea of who should succeed the king. Absolutely, at his deathbed. Yeah, and so it's it's unfortunate for Joab. You see this person who you know David can see is like <laughs> we see we see the faithful turning. Mm. You know, uh, we see those who are those who are good turning away from righteousness. Mm. And of course, you could probably again, and, and this is one of the things that David is told and is and learns in his own life uh, how much his actions his negative actions in particular like the real starting point of that was his sin with Bathsheba uh, mm. well his sin against uh, you should say Uriah and Bathsheba I think the story is quite clear uh, Bathsheba wasn't a temptress it's temptress temptress in mm. in the sense that she Bathsheba wasn't trying to catch David's eye to lead him mm. astray uh, David inflicted terrible pain against her against well, against her husband who is yeah. killed um and and whatnot and because of that action in david's life it's made clear to him by god like many will use this action as an excuse you know yeah. it, going forward and we see after after this david going from this great amazing faithful king mm. who is living his best life like it is running a nation that is working better than it had ever been before in terms of its expansion, in terms of its wealth, mm. uh, to very from that point forward, his life is a continual series of struggle. Yeah, his whole reign is plagued by chaos and constant rebellions, and you, all of them really is a direct consequence of what he did. That's right. Because it, the example he set for his son Amnon, and then, yeah, there's so much to it. And even, uh, yeah, for his son Amnon, and then eventually... Uh, you Absalom know, to, getting mad Ab- about what Amnon did. That's right. Um, and, yeah. you know, and, and we've just picked out Joab as like one of those circumstances of, it, of yeah. the effects there of like Joab who has taken the Lord's will and David's will into mm. his own hands and has yeah. has dis- selfishness displayed to him to the point where he thinks that okay that is the right thing to do and that's mm. the right, right way to go and David here reflecting on all this help Lord for the godly man ceases and I think mm. he'd, be, he'd be writing here not only among, about others but about himself for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men they speak idly Idly, everyone with his neighbor, mm. with, fat, fat, with flattering lips and a double heart, they speak. And again, like this is something that David was definitely confronted with, even in the stories mm. that we were talking about here. The likes of Absalom. Yeah. You know, well, Absalom's it, rebellion ultimately took place from within, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it continues on here. And then we come to verse 5. For the oppression of the, of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord, mm. and I will set him in safety which he yearns. And so we see here those who are being negatively affected by uh, the likes of betrayal, but from these, from these burdens, some, from these persecutions, from these oppressions, it says here, I will arise. It's, mm. it's God speaking here. I, I love that. This isn't, this isn't humanity saying, I yeah. will arise, you know, like we'll, we'll overcome like, oh, the enduring human spirit that will fix every <laughs> single problem. It's like, no, 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 no. It's God saying here, I will arise, I will arise. and I will set him. God, I love this here. God won't even cause him to arise. Mm. Uh, God, God won't even like go like, okay, he won't even, God won't tell him like, okay, you know, get up, go and arise. Yeah. God will set him in the safety for which he yearns. Yeah. It is really God's it's work. Powerful. It's God's job. 
to uh, God is portraying himself here on something to, to be dependent on, mm. you know, being, uh, being dependent. It's, I think for people who are successful in life, being dependent is something that feels very uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> uh, because, you know, those who are dependent often are, are blown about in the very, you know, troublesome and difficult lives. Uh, very much because when you're dependent, uh, children are dependent, you know, you are, you're affected by those around you. But when you're independent, when you can stand on your own two feet and make your own decisions and, mm. and whatnot, and, uh, that's, that's the, well, for most people, it's like, that's the best place I could possibly be. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. Like to be independent, whether it be financially or whether it be emotionally or whatever it may be, it's like, yes, like I'm independent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm standing by myself. I'm walking by myself, but God here. Like he is not, uh, although he gives us counsel to be independent from the world, mm. he says, "Hey, there is ultimately something to be dependent on." Yeah, and he's saying, "Well, it's me." Yeah, and ultimately that is God. God's continual quest to seek us, isn't it? Like to mm. build to build connection with us, um, because God loves us. Like He's mm. not seeking to control us in some sort of puppeteering sense. Mm. Instead, He's seeking to show us the best ways. Mm. Because a lot of like. David's suffering, you mentioned yourself, that wasn't like, he brought that on himself in a way mm. with his independence. Mm. He took his independence in a negative position. That's right. And then he's dependent on God because he needs to be dependent on God. Like mm. he, he needs God to lift him up out of that stuff. And it's by following God's ways and mm. the, the, life, the, the life standards that God sets out for us that ultimately we can be freed from mm. this, the worst aspects of dependence in a yeah, sense because the, right. the, the crushing circumstances of life that can bear down mm. us like this uncomfortable yoke, you know. Yeah. Um, God frees us from that. Absolutely. There's a, and I've, I've, I've probably quoted this in the show before. This is a song that I used to listen to when I was young. It's like, I used to listen to lots of like really sad music when I was younger. I, I don't know. I just, I was really drawn to like very emotional, sad music. And there was this one particular song that had a line in it. And the line goes like, we won't survive without dependence on something. Mm. And I think that David's story really reflects that idea that despite David being one of the greatest kings that had ever existed in Israel, I mean, he was the second king ever, but he, yeah. like, you know, Jews still look upon the period of david you know jesus was identified as the son of david it mm. represents the golden age of um israelite politics of israelite you know economics and whatnot like this is this is an amazing time mm. for israel and but david's life proved that he would ultimately be dependent on something and for most of his life leading up to his sin it was it was god and then eventually he mm. would he would then become dependent on his lust or his desire or whatever it may be and he never depended on himself at the end like he he had his moments obviously Mm. of falling like with Uriah the Hittite but that was I think that's part of why David was a man after God's own heart you know Mm. he wasn't like Saul or Joab for that matter putting his own interpretation I'm thinking Mm. of Saul and the Amalekites which we looked at in the previous study um the previous quarter uh you know, Saul would take God's word into his own hands and try yeah. to do it his own way, the way that he thought was best. Joab would do that with David. Like, Joab's mm. loyalty to David was unquestioned in some ways, but mm. I think Joab's loyalty to his own interpretations was, mm. you know, higher. David wasn't like that most of his life. Mm. And I think that that's the reason for David's success and why David yeah. was so exalted. That's right. And ultimately why even, like, Jesus' lineage comes from David, mm. you know, in that, in that human sense. Um, Absolutely. Because David depended on God. And his pitfalls in his life as much as we can, you know, and it's, it, it, man, imagine having like every bad thing you've done put in the Bible for mm-hmm. everyone to read throughout all time. Like he's, yeah. he's a person who we can sit here and critically judge, yeah. uh, but his life is really a reflection of the moments you don't depend on God. 
this is what happens. Yeah, and he fell hard. I mean, yeah. not, it's not, this isn't just an affair. It's murdering a close friend yeah. uh, in order to conceal an affair. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's intense. The moments you don't rely on God, because we are dependent on something. Mm. The moments we don't depend on God, we fall hard. Yeah. Um, so let's turn to him to depend. And, and through him, and again, our overarching uh, topic for our Bible study, mm. he will cause us to arise by his power, by his faith, mm. by his work. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. I'm here joined by myself, Lawson. Got Brett in the studio as <laughs> well. And right now, it has come time for our last quiz question for today. The final one, question five. Who penned these encouraging words to believers who suffer persecution? Oh. The words are, more than conquerors. Mm. So that's pretty relevant with the stuff we've been discussing today, yeah, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Number five, who penned these encouraging words to believers who suffer persecution more than conquerors? Uh, if you text that answer through to 0491064669, you go in the draw at the end of this week to win a book, 40 Days, Prayers and Devotions for God's End Time Church. Mm. So this is by Dennis Smith, and it's looking at the church in this Laodicean culture and prophetic in its prophetic placement, you know, this idea that we're a little bit lukewarm here in the mm. church and watching like kind of just understanding where we're at, how to sort of get out of that state a little bit because Laodicean lukewarm, that's not the best place to be. Mm. Um, and yeah, just the role of the church and the role of God, how they're working together. So great. If you're looking for a new devotional to do every morning, um, really worth having a go at. So once again, question five, who penned these encouraging words to believers who suffer persecution more than conquerors? Mm, absolutely. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And guys, right now we are getting back into our Bible study, looking at the Psalms. We're going to continue in Psalm 12 because I feel like there's some great advice that Paul has towards the end of this psalm. We see like the beginning of these psalms, the opening verses is the difficulty, the trials, the the mire that we get bogged in. Mm. Then we get hit with this this verse five, this turning point for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. So mm. it's like now God is sweeping in, in a mm. sense, and he's doing something about it. He's helping those in need. And then it continues on uh, with, yeah, I think some just some beautiful words about connecting with God, you know, where where we can find our trust in Him. Do you want to pick it up in verse 6 and just read through to the end of the chapter? Absolutely. Uh, verse 6 reads, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver, tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on every side when vileness is exalted among the sons of men. Mm, yeah, wow. I, I, I love this. I love mm. this so much. You know, And I feel like there is some real affirming stuff here. You know, you shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked prowl on all sides uh, with vileness is exalted among the sons of men. I feel like that is some fantastic advice as well as verse 6 here. It's like, okay, if if sin um, or you could say vileness is exalted among the sons of of man, it's like mm. okay. Well, how how do we stay away from this? Like, how do we not do this in our own life? I feel like David had himself the experience of like faithfulness for a time, and then in his own life, getting so 
tangled in sin because vileness was exalted, whether yeah. through his thoughts, whether through his motivations, whether through a, a decision that, hey, I don't want to draw close to, to God at this time. I don't want to submit my life to mm. him. It's like, hey, how can we both, at the same time, when we're experiencing, you could say, oppression and difficulty, how should we turn to God? Mm. Uh, furthermore, how can we keep ourselves on that road? And I feel like verse 6 is the real yeah. The real key to this here. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Mm-hmm. This is talking about the word of God, but furthermore, it's talking about Christ himself. Yeah. It's talking about the word, uh, Jesus Christ, who is you know the perfect representation of God to us. And mm. uh, again, I think it's beautiful. Like we look at Christ and, you know, people have all kinds of hangups with with God or with religion or difficulties relating to him in some way. But, uh, you know, I feel like if we put put it simply like this, you know, and, and by the way, this statement I'm about to make is, isn't at the expense of theology and isn't mm. at the expense of searching deeper and whatnot. But it's, if, if God looks like Jesus, then that is pretty good news. It is good news. If God, if, if we can observe Jesus on this earth, see the things that he did, see the way that he lived. Mm. If God looks like Jesus, that's pretty good news. Yeah. Because all that we see in Jesus is kindness, compassion, love, uh, you know, moral standard, yeah. um, purity, which I, I love here as well, a, a care for those afflicted and those in need, yeah. uh, and furthermore, a love and a sacrificing that... Mm is unmatched a sacrificial love that is unmatched he brought love and restoration through repentance of sins Mm. to everybody no matter Mm. their station in life no matter what they've done and there's something beautiful about that in the bible that no matter how low we have fallen no matter Mm. how far we've gone even if we go through trials that it doesn't seem like god's there Mm. you know the lord will arise and you know the centrality of his word in that Mm. and like i I think well personally i'm encouraged by god's word Mm. because you see you see stories like where people have fallen short, where people have struggled. Um, And, you know, Jesus is there for all of them. Mm. Um, You see stories where, like, people like David, uh, like, commit sins that are pretty shocking, you know, like, worse than anything I can think of that at Mm. least that I've done. Like, not every sin is, like, ultimately the wages of sin is death Mm. for every one of the sins. But, you know, looking at someone like David, who, with the story of Uriah the Hittite, that's not something you hear or something mm. equivalent to that, you point at that guy and say, man, that's a good guy. Yeah. Man, I lo- that guy is <laughs> yeah. such a good guy. Mm-hmm. But God says that because through his forgiveness mm. and through this redemption, David was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's something really powerful in that. And uh, this notion of God arising, you know, I'm thinking of something we looked at last week, mm. juxtaposed against this lesson. Um, Psalm 74 uh, verse 19 said, Oh, do not deliver the lives of your turtle dove to the wild beast. Mm. Um, and that, that, like, that was how vulnerable people were feeling in yeah. this moment. You know, like, there's this sense of there's this poor innocent little bird being handed over to wild beasts. Like, God, where where are you in this? Mm. But God is here in this, mm. and God will deliver us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and furthermore, when we are in the the mires of life, often mm. self inflicted, 
um, or just whether internal or external mm. from any position, the advice is given here, turn to the word. And, and yeah. it's turn to Jesus first and foremost, and which is something that can be done in prayer, through our repentance, through our mm. falling before him, but also to the word of God, to, mm. to the fullest expression of him, to the Bible. And I think what's beautiful there, as the Bible says, you know, as it's saying here to, to you know, that the word is pure, the word is is holy. Uh, it oh, has good. it has so much to say. It has mm. so much transforming power. Mm. But we can only have that experience if we're willing to submit to it. Yes, it's not good enough to like. There are there are plenty of people who have read the Bible through. Mm. You know, there are pe- plenty of people. And actually, I uh, I I uh, I saw this. It was like a meme. It was mm. a meme one time. It was actually it was kind of an article that was a meme. Mm. And it was like uh, top three worst. Bibles, and you know, people talk about the differences in translations of the Bible. You know, mm. when like, oh, the Message Bible isn't that good, or this Bible isn't that good, or whatever. Maybe um, it was like the top three worst Bibles, and then like it was like Bible number one, the mm. Bible you don't read. Yeah. Bible number two, the Bible you don't listen to. <laughs> Bible number three, the Bible you won't submit to. Mm. You know, the actual, the the biggest problem that we can have with the bible is the fact that we don't read it we don't listen to it and we mm. won't submit to it yeah and uh, it's reading with an open mind and an open heart i've heard that's right it's important and so when we come to his word looking for god looking for truth in it mm. um i mean maybe you've never had an experience with god's word and, and we would advise you like hey again come with an open mind and an open heart yeah. you know god isn't a forceful god god mm. is wanting you to have an experience with him yeah but coming humbly before jesus and saying, like, God, try and teach me through this. Mm. And so many people have had that experience, and so many people are being benefited by that. Mm. But then furthermore, when we come to a conclusion, like, yes, God, like, you know, your your promises are sure and they're good, let us then be convicted to submit to what God has said and to let him work in our lives. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Joined by myself, Lawson, got Brett in the studio as mm. well. And it's come time not to ask any questions, but rather to give answers. Absolutely. Before we do, I just want to give a, a shout out to our listener, Sky, who uh, sent in a bit of a joke saying, I was having trouble with my seatbelt this morning. Then it just clicked. Got a chuckle out of that. That's Thank powerful. you very much, Sky. That's powerful. Yeah, it just yeah. clicked. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that, that, you know, we were what having troubles with our internet. Then we got rid of some pigeons. So, you know, that's, 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 that's right. Yep. <laughs> you might, you For might. those who missed that, you might need to listen online for the context. Yeah. But we had a segment on a pigeon that was released from Indian custody, the Indian yeah. government's custody, um, on suspicion of being a Chinese spy. That's right. So, and this is not the first online. time. This is that's, the third pigeon. That's my favorite part is that there is a consistent suspicion <laughs> against the pigeons. Mm. And I now too hold those suspicions. Yep. And what's, know. and what's so suspicious is that so suspicious that we had to drop out the show as soon as we talked yep. about it. So our, guys, our station actually crashed when we started revealing the news the, the on truth. the Chinese spy pigeons. That's so right. maybe there's a big conspiracy. I, here. I, I don't know. I think, you know, have we ever seen a pigeon and the Chinese government in the same room? We have no, like, no. Look, guys, Ooh. that's a step we need to take. <laughs> In any case, <laughs> let's, to the breakfast show. let's give some answers. Let's get to our morning. questions and answers. So we had five questions today. Uh, the first question was, what, according to 1 Corinthians, will be swallowed up in victory at the last trumpet? The answer was death. Death. Oh, mm. I love that passage so much. 1 Corinthians 15 there, getting mm. into the beautiful work 
yeah. uh, that Christ has done in in living, dying, resurrecting, and how it's it's for us mm. when we see Him coming in glory at the last trump, you know, the twinkling of an eye, mm. death will be swallowed up in victory. Death yeah. itself it will cool be defeated. Thought. Yeah. Question two was a fill in the blank question. So I'm just going to read the whole passage. Mm. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, Mm. my stronghold. So that missing word was horn. Mm. Uh, Question three, to show that he would allow Boaz to marry Ruth, a more closely related man, A, shook hands, B, winked, C, took off his shoes, or D, turned in a circle. The answer was took off his shoes. Mm. Yeah, mm. found in Ruth 4, 8. Mm. I kind of wish it was winked or st- spun in a circle. Yeah. That would have been cooler, but took off his oh, shoes man, was the no, answer. but all of them at the same time. Like, all I'm of them think, at the same time. Yeah, yeah I agree. coming in with a, it's like coming with a handshake. It's like a secret handshake. A handshake, and then while handshake, <laughs> you wink, and then like, Get out of the handshake, take your shoes off, and just start spinning. Just start spinning. Just That's start spinning. like, Absolutely. that is powerful. That is some powerful culture. Right? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't exist. Maybe we can make that a practice now. Yeah. Like, like, let's bring it in. Modern um, Western society. Yeah. <laughs> we're spinning around. Yep. Absolutely. Um, number four was a true or false question. Shortly after the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his army, chariots, and horsemen to seize them and bring them back. Um, the answer found in Exodus 14, verses 5 and 6 is true. Yeah. That is true. That is what happened. Mm-hmm. And last question, number five, who penned these encouraging words to believers who suffer persecution more than conquerors? The answer is Paul, and that's mm. found in Romans eight thirty-five to 39. And that comes from an incredibly powerful passage from the beginning of, well, sorry, not from the beginning, but I should, I should say from the book of Romans mm. and chapter eight, which is a very powerful passage. And it says here, uh, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? That's the the question being asked. Mm. Then he says, as it is written, verse 36, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Mm. And this is the beautiful message we were considering the Psalms today. I will arise, you know, yeah. the, 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 the work that God is doing to lift us above the burdens of our circumstances to, mm. to pull us through the miry mud of this world, mm. uh, that it is God's work. And it's because of his action that nothing can keep us from yeah. the love of Christ. It's and, because of his work. Yeah. And we're, we're more than conquerors. Mm. To use that verse. Hey? Like we actually go beyond victory. It's like even bigger than a typical victory. It's, yeah. it's cool. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cause think of what victory constituted at the time. It was mm. that, and actually this kind of relates to our, our first question about victory at the time. If you're in a battle, what is, mm. what is a, how are you victorious when the other side is, is dead, you know, yeah. and, and you're left standing? It's like, okay, we're victory. You know, we're conquerors. We've mm. taken power. Like being more than conquerors, death ceases to exist. Yeah. Well, Sin ceases to exist. <laughs> World War One was called the war to end all wars, but this is like the real victory, right? The, the final victory. Real Never final again victory. will there be another. And it has, we've, we've come to the end of the show. End of the show. Essentially. End of well, the line. Look, there is amazing programming coming up after this, but yeah. For the Brecky show this morning, me and Brett will be 
heading our well, me, Brett, and Shell will be heading our separate ways, you mm. know, going off into the. I was about to say the sunset, but it's actually nine a.m. It's the start of the day. Like we have lots of stuff to yeah. do, so you know, it's uh, <laughs> going to be some 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 interesting times, doing some interesting work. But hey, as usual, when we get to the end of the show, we give you something absolutely for free, and I actually have a mm. book here. It is called The Quest for Family by Jessica Clancy. Our prize for today, of course, we talked to Jessica over the phone mm. uh, about this book, her story, and also how she's endeavoring to support vulnerable people mm. um, as she was incredibly vulnerable uh, throughout her journey and yeah. through her life and how God was able, well, God was able to work powerfully in her own life. She is wanting to support vulnerable people as well. And this book is her story about how God took her from incredibly dire and desperate situations and mm. has brought her through to, you know, living out uh, the desires of her heart. And, I, and yeah. by desires, I, I really mean in the sense of the beautiful things that God has put in all of our hearts, you know, whether it to be part of a family, yeah, uh, whether it to be living up to his cause and, and doing his will. Just seeing God in work, like healing the brokenhearted, right? That's right. Now, we yeah. want to give this book to you guys absolutely for free. All you need to do is to be the first person to text the word book at 0491-064-669, and you'll win The Quest for Family by Jessica Clancy. Listening to The Breakfast Show, guys, remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ today. God be Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.